What happens when an organization's ambitious plans exceed its ability to execute them? On today's episode, we have Gaurav Singh, co-founder of Slam Out Loud, a nonprofit using the arts to build communication skills in children from vulnerable communities. He talks about a time when he and his co-founder took on more work than they had the capacity for. With their time and attention spread thin across multiple areas, they ended up losing the project of their dreams. Hi, I'm Tanaya, and you're listening to Failure Files, a podcast by India Development Review, or IDR. Our show features highly relatable narratives of failure by people working on complex issues of social change. Their stories remind us that the path to resilience cannot be built on success alone. Failure is a necessary condition for it. And now, let's hear from Gaurav. In the summer of 2018, one year after my co-founder Jigyasa and I had officially registered our organization Slam Out Loud as a non-profit, we found ourselves in a situation that forced us to rethink and restructure how we approach our work. The primary objective with which we founded as well was to facilitate a future where children, no matter where they are or where they come from, have the opportunity to find their voice by leveraging the power of art forms like storytelling, poetry, visual arts and theater. We work towards fostering creative confidence skill, such as communication, empathy, collaboration, and self-esteem in children from vulnerable communities. With this mission in our minds, Jigas and I began working with something of a flourish, starting two projects with separate objectives, the Gigi Visha Fellowship, which brought professional artists into a low-income classroom for arts-based learning interventions, and Voice for All, which aimed at building arts-based self-learning resources for children in rural India. These projects were the lifeblood of our organization in its early days, and we devoted all our resources and commitment to them. Simultaneously, both Jigas and I were passionate about bringing about change in the Kashmir Valley. A Kashmiri herself, and having interned in Srinagar a few years prior, Jigasa strongly felt that children in Jammu and Kashmir could benefit from an arts-based intervention. The valley has been an epicenter of violence and conflict since time immemorial, and we believed our organization could make a difference. With this in mind, we began to envision an intervention that would engage community youth artists to work with children towards building socio-emotional learning and conflict management skills. At the time of this envisioning, our organization had two active programs and being relatively new still, we were trying to meet other deadlines such as applying for our 12 and ATG certificates, which would give us the benefit of tax exemption. In addition, both Jigas and I were part of an incubation program where we were learning the nuances of setting up an organization. To say there was a lot going on would be an understatement. Nevertheless, we were hopeful and driven to create a story of change for children in the conflicted valley. So in the summer of 2018, Jigas traveled to Kashmir to submit our proposal to the education body. This is where we started to stumble. When we pitched our idea to the government, we had done so through one of our contacts in Sarsiksha Abhiyan in Kashmir. This contact was our only point of contact in the state, and they were high-ranking official in government. This was the first mistake we made. A few weeks after submitting our proposal, the education body responded positively. However, by the time they gave us a timeline for the work, we were already stretching ourselves terribly thin. 
physical distance. Our office was based in Delhi, and we were trying to run a project in Kashmir. Poor distribution of work. There were other pre-existing projects and deadlines we were committed to, and the leanness of our team. Slamat Loud back then was only four permanent employees and a few interns. This compounded to our troubles. During this time, we were trying to form an on-ground relationship with community members in Kashmir, but kept coming up short. Primarily because the same people traveling back and forth from the valley also had to set up day-to-day -day systems, run ongoing programs, and do compliance work for government certificates. To complicate matters further, our timelines for the Kashmir intervention coincided with scaling of the Voice for All program from 1,500 children to 50,000 children, and the recruitment and induction period for the Jijiwisha Fellowship. Needless to say, we were stretched very thin. Our work timetables became immensely chaotic, resulting in us being burnt out and unable to focus on the things that needed the most attention, both in Kashmir and in Delhi. While our team gave it our best, we still did not have the capacity to be in all places at once. There were certain paperwork requirements that were integral to this project moving forward, and oversaturation and carelessness led us to miss the deadline to submit them. This happened in tandem with our point of contact in the state being transferred, and we paid dearly for not cultivating a professional relationship with other authority figures. To make matters worse, we hadn't yet managed to form meaningful relationships with the community, as a result of which we were unaware of the wants and needs of the people that we were trying to bring this intervention to. The combination of these factors resulted in us losing the interest of education body in Kashmir and subsequently the contract for our work. In the end, we had appeared unreliable, disorganized, and possibly unmotivated all of which was very far from how we intended to approach this project. In fact, in an attempt to please all the stakeholders, ready to grab at whatever they offered us, we came across as an organization that does not take its own vision seriously. A month down the line, when we reached out to make amends, the education body had already closed their partnerships for the year. Perhaps there is some truth to the saying that first impressions are always the last. Because no matter how much we followed up later, we never received a response from the government body. Losing the contract meant that we could not be a part of the program that was very close to our hearts and that we had envisioned since the inception of our organization. Coming to terms with this was perhaps the toughest phase we had to go through as a team, with Jigyas and I constantly looking back on how things could have been different. It has been more than three years since this event played out and till date, we have been unable to salvage a relationship that was crucial to achieving our vision. While SOL has grown since then, we revisit this story and the lessons it left us with. The first key lesson that we reiterate to ourselves is that as a leader in an organization, we must pause to take stock of what is at hand before making further commitments. This also means learning the art of forecasting what existing programs will look like in the future once they are running in full force. It's also vital that time between tasks is distributed effectively in order to reach an optimal level of efficiency. The second key lesson is that our experience with attempting to relaunch a program in Kashmir taught us the necessity for transparent communication with existing or potential partners. Thinking back, we realize how hiccups and setbacks are a part and parcel of any professional space. They translate into dire mistakes only when one is unable to clearly communicate them. And lastly, we also learned about the importance of forming on-ground relationships. Actively involved stakeholders who resonate with your cause can be difference between success or disappointment. In addition, 
while authorities may support us in smoothly executing programs to understand what a community really requires social change makers must get involved and spark a conversation the experiences while being heartbreaking taught us some very valuable lessons which have in turn enabled us to continue our work towards serving the purpose of amplifying children's voices and while this may not be the first or the last failure that we as an organization will grapple with it has shown us the power of making meaning out of failures Failure Files is produced by Rachita Vora, Shreya Adhikari, and me, Tanaya Jagdiani. This podcast is part of a larger initiative at IDR, where, alongside 15 partners, we're creating a space for candid conversations around failures and social impact. To read more about this growing movement, check us out at idronline.org. You can also share your own failure story with us at write to us at idronline.org. Thank you for listening, and see you next week.